0: Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers, do not swear not by heaven or by earth, or by anything else. Let your yes be yes, and your no be no, or you will be condemned.
1: And as I start tonight, I want to start with where I'm gonna end. I wanna start with how I'm gonna finish this talk. Jesus is coming to make everything all right. Jesus is coming to make things right. Life doesn't always make sense. Not everything gets sorted this side of heaven. And life as a believer isn't always easy. But as a believer, we can rest assured that Jesus is coming to make things right. So as we go through this passage together tonight, right at the start, I want to challenge you of does that truth, does that statement, affect our reactions to situations does the fact that Jesus is coming to make things right affect how we feel about the world right now does it affect our thought processes be patient the Lord is coming to make things right and I don't know about you but that feels pretty relevant to where we are right now so as as I begin let me just take a moment to pray God, our Father, I thank you that you are a God in control. I thank you that you are in control. I thank you that when the world feels so out of our knowledge of what's going on, when everything feels so out of control, I thank you that you are here and you are with us. Thank you, your spirit is with us. Come by your Holy Spirit tonight. Give us hearts and minds open to hear what you are saying to us. And God, we thank you that Jesus is coming to make things right. Amen. Amen. So um, we're nearly at the end of James and it's been a really wonderful book to be going through. And James's main concern throughout this book, as we've seen over the past month or so, is purity is purity for Christians. He talks in chapter one about perseverance in trial and staying away from sin. And there have been some pretty blunt instructions about what faith looks like whilst we've studied this book together. But James is adamant all the way through of the importance of sticking to Christ through times of trial. And it's no different in this passage tonight. The early church, as Matt said this morning, lived in the expectation of Jesus's return. And so should we. Factoring in the Lord's coming can change our perspective on everything. And as I've thought about that this week, I've realised, and this isn't a criticism at all, but I've realised in church, in sermons, so often the Lord is coming is our final point. So often it's like the end point of a sermon. You've got a couple of minutes left, you're coming into land, Jesus is coming. Let's look to the second coming. Let's look to Revelation. But what James is saying here is the beginning, the middle and the end. Everything we go through, we need to have the Lord's coming at the forefront of our minds. Because when we factor in the Lord's coming, it can change our perspective on everything. This isn't just the end of our sermon. This isn't just when we're doing a Bible study of Revelation. So as we go through this tonight, let's keep that thought at the front of our minds. And we're going to look at it in three slightly different ways tonight. We're going to start by looking at the Lord is coming. Let's wait upon the Lord. Let's wait upon the Lord. The second is the Lord is coming. Let's establish our heart let's establish our hearts. And finally, the Lord is coming. Perseverance leads to blessing. Perseverance leads to blessing. And we're going to get there, but we're going to start with this point of the Lord is coming. Wait upon the Lord. Verse seven, I'm going to read it again, says, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm. Now, we love a farming analogy at St. John's. Eddie uses farming analogies all the time. My granddad was a farmer. Um, I spent a lot of time on the farm growing up. We love a good farming analogy, as does James. So we're going to use it tonight. And as I've thought about this farming analogy, and I'm really hoping my uncle, who is a farmer, isn't watching this because he's going to be highly offended. But what I've come to the conclusion of is a farmer really only has two jobs. They really only have two jobs. They're important jobs, but they've only got two. They plant slash prepare, but they plant the crops. And then they pick them. They plant the crops and they pick them. Yeah, they do the distribution and selling them and all those. But we'll ignore all that for the case of an analogy. They plant the crops and they pick them. But between those two jobs, there is a lot of time and there is a lot of unknown and there is a lot of hoping and waiting. In more recent years, um, the farming analogy has got even closer to home as my parents have moved into a big house in the countryside, which has a huge Garden which they've turned into a vegetable patch. And my mum has this huge book, bigger than my Bible, um, of all the different instructions for different vegetables, when they needed to be planted, what time of year she has to prepare the ground, who knew that carrots, onions, potatoes, they weren't all planted at the same time. And she spends months waiting for her crops. She spends months after planting where she waits. She patiently waters, she patiently puts up gauze to stop the bugs and the insects and the fox, Fox foxes eating her fruit. She patiently waits for the time where she can pick her crops. And it can be so easy to give up as a gardener, but also as a Christian. It can be so easy to give up. It can be so easy to stop being patient. But James is clear here, Wait upon the Lord. Have the Lord's coming at the forefront of your mind. You see, the farmer isn't just waiting for his crop. Read that bit again. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop. This crop is one of value. This crop is one that brings nourishment. This crop is one, let's be real, that's our salvation. This crop is precious and valuable. And life can be hard, situations can be hard, suffering can be hard, but what we are waiting for as believers is value, is valuable, it's precious, it's worth the wait. What would happen if my mum dug up her crops before they were ready? What would happen if my uncle dug up the wheat before it was ready? there would be the beginnings of growth. You might see a few of the roots coming out, starting to make their way into the ground. But are they valuable? No. They'd end up on the bonfire. They'd end up being eaten by the foxes. They have to wait. We have to wait. It is worth the wait. The Lord is coming. Let's wait upon the Lord. So that's my first point My second is the Lord is coming. Establish your heart. Verse eight says you too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Like so much of James, this is really practical instruction. This isn't far off. This isn't things we've got to work out what it's saying. It's really, really practical. Why? Because when we do what we're told, when we follow the instructions that we're told we're supposed to do, I don't know about you, but I start moaning. I start grumbling. I might do it, but it doesn't mean I like it. And that certainly, to me, is really relevant right now. If we exercise patience, if we wait upon the Lord, if we do what we're told, the next battle is usually to complain about it. I'm being patient. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Let's make it real. I'm wearing a mask. I'm standing two meters away from everybody else. I'm wearing a visor in the corridor, even though the children all ignore me. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But they're not doing this. And they're not doing that. And that person stretched over me to get bread. And this person's done this. And this person's done this. And suddenly, I'm not in a good place in my heart. Suddenly, my heart isn't in a place that is emulating Christ. Suddenly, I need to go right back to establishing the roots of my heart. As I've said, and maybe I've said it too many times already, I've found this season really easy to grumble about. I found this season in a lot of ways really hard and it hasn't always been like that back in March I was really excited about lockdown I'm a teacher I was enjoying going in and getting to know really well the key worker children and building up those relationships one-to-one I was really enjoying conversations with colleagues I was inviting colleagues to online church I had a conversation with a couple of them about doing a Christianity Explored course it was really exciting I could really see the blessings that God was was putting in our lives during the season. And then that changed in September. A fatigue kicked in that I know I've spoken to a few people about. A fatigue kicked in not just mentally but spiritually. I started to not see the blessings that before nothing had changed I was seeing as blessings. I allowed gossip into my workplace and I didn't just allow it in I started joining in with gossip in my office, in my workspace. I started being part of the grumbling at work and at home. I started complaining much more than I did look into Jesus. The Lord's coming should turn us against grumbling and complaining because as we wait on the Lord's It is a practical thing to become more like Christ. This isn't a stagnant waiting. It's not a sitting around twiddling our thumbs. As we wait on the Lord, we should practically be becoming more like Christ in establishing our hearts. We should be turning away from the world and turning more into Christ-like people on this earth. 2 Timothy 4 verse 5 says, But you should keep a clear mind in every situation don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you and I was convicted of this about a month ago before I started preparing for this talk because I could see that my mental health and my spiritual health were were getting worse were struggling and I started changing my routine I started changing my daily routine and it wasn't much i leave for work in the morning at 6:30 so it wasn't a crazy thing but it included a 5 minute bible study and one simple prayer before i went to work and that prayer was this god help me be a witness to you today help me be a witness to you today and as i've prepared this talk i've realized what i was actually saying was god help me establish my heart help me show you Through my actions today, help me establish my heart. We have to be active in establishing our hearts. We have to be active in wanting to become more like Christ through his Holy Spirit. We have to want the Holy Spirit to transform us and allow it to transform us day by day as we look to God's word, as we spend time in prayer with him. Why? Because the reward is worth it. This valuable crop is worth it. Revelation 22, verse 12 says, I am coming soon, and my reward is is with me. Let us establish our hearts by his spirit. And finally, the Lord is coming. Perseverance leads to battle verse 10 to verse 11 here James is talking about the prophets and he gives Job a specific mention now I don't know when the last time you read Job was maybe if it's been a while your lockdown 2.0 challenge could be to read the book of Job Um, there is a lot in there that you could really delve into but in really really short summary if you read the opening of Job you meet this man who feared the Lord he was upright he had a beautiful family he had hundreds of animals he had servants he loved God. It couldn't have been any better. And then we see Job go through utter, utter suffering and testing. People were killed. His children were killed. His animals were stolen. Everything that Job counted dear was gone. To a man who loved God, he saw his whole world be taken away. And he continues, the testing continues throughout the book. Yet within that, Job never turns fully from God. He announces that he knows his Redeemer lives and he sticks by his Father. You see, it's easy to be impatient with God's doings if we forget God's purposes. It's easy to be impatient with God's doings if we forget we can't see the full picture. And we don't know what God is doing in this season. And I want to be really clear here. Do I think God created COVID-19? No, I don't. But is God working through it? Absolutely. Romans 8, 28 says, in all things, God works for the good of those who loves him. God is working in this time and God is providing blessings to each of us during this time. But as we think about this, I want to say something that I think is really, really important. So if you've switched off a little bit, please take note of this. We are not waiting with nothing right now. We are not here on our own waiting for the Lord's coming. God is with us. God's spirit is with us. We say that in church a lot, but let's really take note of that. God's spirit is with us. Yes, we are waiting for the Lord's coming. Yes, we want to establish our hearts to become more like Christ. But we're doing that all whilst being in God's presence. All whilst being in relationship with a God who loves us and who wants us to get to know him more and more each day. What a blessing that is. We are not caught in the jaws of fate this evening. We are not in a world that is out of total control, even if it feels like it. Our real leader isn't just the leader of our country. We are in the tender hands of our father, who will bring blessing out of this time. And he already has. We are in the tender hands of our Father who will bring blessing out this time, and he already has. And if you're watching this on Zoom or you're watching it on YouTube in the weeks to come, then and you're not a Christian, and you're sitting here going, that's great for a believer. That is great if you've got that relationship with God. Can I just say to you that you can have that too? That if you right now think you're in a world that feels totally hopeless, that you're in a world that is totally engulfed by fate and you don't know where to turn, you can turn to God. You can turn to relationship with Jesus Christ. That invitation is extended to you too. And as a church, we would love to talk to you more about that. We are here waiting for the Lord's coming waiting in the pain, waiting in the suffering with our heavenly father who wants to hold us really close. Wait in him, look to him, learn about him, trust in him. The Lord is coming to make things right. Amen.